Welcome to Sports and Stogies. Now, introducing your hosts, Cameron Winklewitz and Austin Hayes. Pull up a chair, pour up a drink, and light that cigar. It's time for episode 13 of Sports and Stogies. Cam. Welcome back, everybody. We have a jam-packed full episode tonight. Um, there's a whole lot to get through. A uh, hefty amount of fan questions, lots of news in the NFL department. All down the board, it's just jam-packed. So sit tight, grab a big old stick, and be ready to relax with us. So first things first, knock it out of the way. Cam, what are you smoking on right now? I'm smoking on a Rocky Patel 50. Uh... So far, so good. I'm very delicious. I kind of lit mine a little early. Um, getting some cocoa, cedar, and cherry notes. Very sweet. Pairs well with our bourbon tonight, which I'll let you talk about a little later. Uh, what do you got? I've got the, the Aroma de Cuba by Ashton. Uh, never had one of these before, so brand new for me. Um, I will say both of these came from the care package that Greg from Tip Top gave us, so shout out there. Um, just lit so far. It looks fantastic. Very well made. Good draw. Good smoke production. Flavor wise, a little spicier. Kind of a funk note. Maybe some barnyard hay. Uh, pretty unique so far. I want to see how it changes as we go forward. And then bourbon wise, uh, we got the Cleveland Underground Bourbon Whiskey finished in black cherry wood. Now again, we'll go more in depth in this later. But it's the same company that makes the Boom Boom Bourbon which Jamie makes, we interviewed um, I think last week when it came out. I think they call it round one. Round boom one, boom boom is, is just, the specific one. Yeah, or first round. Yeah, actually. first round. Um, yeah, that company, um, so far so good. Definitely get those black cherry wood notes. Super sweet. It's at the 94 proof. Good mouthfeel. But let's get right into it. we got a whole lot to cover here. Firstly, the Ohio Cigar Mafia um, continues to amaze both of us with the work they do. Um, last week we touched on Eric Corcoran, a local police officer that got shot in the line of duty. Glad to say he's doing very well now. I believe they got him off the ventilator and back home. Uh, definitely off the ventilator, I'm not sure. Either way, uh, prognosis looks great. And the OCM raised over $4,000 for him and his family, which are going to hand deliver to them. Again, great people for a great cause. Um, I'm glad and honored to be a part of that. And again... Thank you for your service, Eric, and uh, we're glad that you're a part of our little community. And keep on recovering, man. Wish you the best. With that, we got some fan questions, and a whole lot of them. First, nice and easy, is Russell Wilson's contract officially the worst one ever? Yes. Normally, I'd say it's, hey, we're, what, 12 games in? Give us some time, but we've seen enough. <laughs> he just lost to Sam Darnold. My question kind of piggybacks off of that, and does it get better if Hackett gets fired? It gets better, but not by much. There's a whole lot of other issues going on there, mainly starting at quarterback. I mean, he's locked up for the next four years. You can't fire him. No, you can't. But he, I mean, he could play better. (laughs) He can't play any worse. That's kind of a good point. I just, again, I've never seen a quarterback decline so quickly to this degree. I mean, he looked like typical Russ Wilson last year. And now he's not even a top 30 guy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
I'd rather have Zach Wilson. <laughs> okay, let's settle down. <laughs> He's man. not making $230 million. I did see a stat that said uh, Russell Wilson's on track to throw less touchdowns than he has bathrooms in this house. He has 12 bathrooms. He's at seven touchdowns. Not ideal. Um, so, yeah, worst contract ever, for sure. Do I think it gets better with Hackett gone? Slightly. There's still a whole lot of work to do. Yeah. Any I other agree. thoughts on that? I think you nailed it. All right, let's keep on moving. If the USA wins the World Cup. USA. USA. We beat Iran today. USA. Um, does soccer catch on more here in the States? Uh, I think with success like that, naturally the next option is more televised events. Um, I think most states have MLS teams that they can go see. Uh, we are going to have three with Cleveland getting one, uh, Cincinnati and Columbus. Um, so I think it's already catching on more than we realize. Uh, I just think we're the old grumpy geezers that haven't picked it up yet. In Ohio, too. Which, again, we're going to have three teams, but I'm, I'm sure like on the coast it's probably a lot bigger. Oh, for sure, yeah. Now, but like I said, with greatness and success, especially in the world stage, I think naturally the next step is it gaining more popularity in the country. I don't know if it goes down to the MLS level, but I think our like national competitions and like, um, I don't know our league with Canada and Mexico, I think that'll get more attention at least our national team. Uh, for sure. Yeah. But, like, all the guys on the teams right now, I don't know where and who they play for in the MLS. If they even play in the MLS, I... You don't. I have no idea. But there's but you know always what? some time to start learning. What better time than now? Especially when we're spanking ass all night long. Hey, uh, England, you guys got a problem with us yet? How's that 0-0 tie, baby? It's called soccer. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, hit me with one of yours. <sighs> okay. Is Mike White the answer that the Jets have been looking for at quarterback? I don't want to say no. The dude looks good. He did. Is he a franchise guy? Probably not. But with a new coaching staff, a great defense, a handful of solid weapons around him, maybe he's uh, like a Jimmy G type. He's going to get the job done, not turn the ball over, not look flashy. And can throw six touchdowns. Locker room to. loves him. Yeah, big time. As soon as he scored, his, he threw his first touchdown pass. Um, they showed the sidelines. It was him, Flacco, the quarterback's coach, and the head coach all going over film on the iPad. And Zach Wilson sitting on a bench by himself, pouting. I mean, if you lose your job, you're going to pout, right? You at least got to put on a show. At least pretend like you're interested. Why would you do that? If you're getting another job, if you're... Um, I don't know, the Panthers, and you think about signing Zach Wilson, and you see him not even trying to watch film during a game? Like, that's not a good look. If you're Zach Wilson, you're not going to change. Everyone already hates you. Career's over. Point is, Mike White has the locker room behind him, and that goes a long way. When your teammates believe in you and play for you, unlike what we're seeing in Denver, that really helps out a lot. Yeah, Russell Wilson definitely does not have the locker room. So what do you think? Is he the future of the Jets franchise? It's hard to tell. I mean, they're not going to have a good enough draft pick unless they have some in trades to get a one of the top guys. So you're taking a shot on a guy from, like, Pittsburgh, like uh, Kenny Pickett or something. 
And it's, I mean, you're not going to get Bryce Young. You're not going to get Hendon Hooker. You're, you're not going to sign get, anybody. You're not going to get CJ Stroud. You're probably not going to sign anybody because there's not really any juicy free agents out there. Unless the Niners let Jimmy G walk, which I can't imagine they will. Unless the Jets pay Lamar? They don't do that, do they? I don't know. I'd be shocked. I would be too, but I don't think it'd be a bad move. Maybe they bring in one of the guys that you're going to touch on in your next or one of your next fan questions uh, from down south. Uh, maybe they do. Uh, but before, hey, but for now, I mean, they're winning games. I'm sticking with Mike White. Yeah, this oh, year for sure. For now, yeah. And going forward, I mean, if they go what eleven and six. He's making you know cheap money. He's bring him back. Definitely going to play next year. Bring him back if they don't get anybody in the off season. Uh, before we talk about that guy from down south, we're going to touch on the Lakers. Um, obviously, they don't look great, even with AD Westbrook and LeBron all playing very good. Um, they're still managing to lose games, which is impressive. Um, what do they need to be contenders, at least for the playoffs? About literally any role player, not named Pat Bev. That's true. He's not really statistically, a role player. offensively. Pat Bev is the worst player in basketball. Probably history, maybe history. Um, now defensively, kind of makes up for they it. They knew that. Yeah, it's Pat Bev. You, you know what you're going to get. So guys, they could trade for and bring in. You know, you know, bench is better than I do. Who'd be the ideal fit for, you know, even a starting, even a starting spot. I mean, the storyline all year has been Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Um, the problem is, to get either of those guys, you have to pretty much get rid of Anthony Davis. Um, Russell Westbrook, I don't think, would compensate enough. Uh, they don't have draft picks to give up. So, I think they... Pretty much the only way they improve is letting go of Anthony Davis. So do you trade AD for, you know, three, four role players? Does that make them better overall? You could probably do two and a pick. Um, maybe if you throw another bench player, maybe if you throw Austin Reeves in there, uh, you might be able to get another player deep on a bench. But um, Definitely a shooter. Yeah, That's their biggest need. So yeah, right? Buddy Heald and Miles Turner would be the two best options to trade for that we know are pretty much on the trade block. Um, that would really space the floor out a lot. They'd be able to play five out at pretty much any time. Um, but as I don't know if that if losing AD and gaining Turner and Heald makes them a playoff team. Um, yeah, the West is pretty deep right now. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just wait on Bronny. Yeah, I don't know. The future for LA does not look bright. That's what I do know. Kind of a you know a parallel to the Rams, where they kind of sold out, got that title, and kind of bankrupted themselves for the next five years going forward. Well, the problem is there's only two players left from that 2020 Lakers team. Absurd. So if they wouldn't have shopped legitimately everyone. For nothing, they'd probably still be good. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, they, they were celebrating yesterday um, with like a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter and then choked it away to the Pacers. Not a good know. look. Yeah, the Lakers are not looking good. 
Now, down south we go to Nolans specifically. Do the Saints get rid of their head coach and part ways with Jameis or any fashion of either or? Yeah, I don't think either Jameis or Dalton is the answer there under center. Good enough to get by to the end of the season, but you got to make a change going forward to the next year. Coaching-wise, I think Dennis Allen's a great coordinator. I don't think he's meant for a head coaching job. Problem is, who do you go and get? Yeah, there's very limited options. Do you options go to the college ranks pool. and find a guy down there? Do you pull a, a Jim Ursay move and just hire a former player? Drew Brees, want a head coaching job? Guys like that, I think, would translate a lot better. Because those game management quarterbacks, like Breeze, Peyton Manning, Brady, um, I feel like they have a better grasp for, like, for instance, when the Colts were down and no timeouts were used, I feel like game managing quarterbacks would have a better grasp at times like that. But for the Saints specifically, I think you can get away with playing very game management with having Alvin Kamara behind you when he's healthy, of course. Great weapons, great line, great defense. Just one kind of obvious flaw. Quarterback? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe uh, they could get away with the uh, that route. Maybe they grab Freddie Kitchens. Who knows? Let me throw this out there. Mike McCarthy gets fired. Dallas hires Sean Payton, as has been heavily talked about. And McCarthy goes over to New Orleans. Look, the man loves to eat. And what better food city in the States than New Orleans? That's true. Match made in heaven. I could see it. Mike McCarthy isn't a bad head coach. No, he's not bad. He just makes decisions sometimes that is putting a nail in his coffin one at a time. He did the same thing in Green Bay. And I feel like he's not a locker room guy. Yeah, I really don't know either way. I know the players don't you know, dislike him or anything. But is he a guy like... I feel like know, he's just kind of there. He's like a Mike McDaniel. No like chance. a Kyle Shanahan that these guys will go out and die for. Like Even like a Dan Campbell. Yeah. I don't really see that with McCarthy. I don't think so. I think he's more of like the Pete Carroll kind of under the radar, behind the scenes. Oh, but they love Pete Carroll. The uh, there's a lot of respect there though, because he's been with the team you know forever, and he's they probably look at him like a grandpa, you know. He's like except a, he's out there catching passes in pregame. He's a hundred years old. He's the most agile seventy five year old I know. See, I don't know. I don't know what's in the Saints' future. Um, I definitely could see either of those moves happening. Most likely both. At, at the very least, we know Dennis. Well, at least we don't know. We speculate Dennis Allen will not be returning as head coach, and they probably go a different route at quarterback. Again, who fills that role? We'll see. But I say going in next year, new head coach, new QB, which is tough to for either guy to come in and start winning. Yeah, especially in that. Maybe um, the uh, Niners DC um, is it Danico Allen, Danico Ryan? Uh, Hearing a lot of buzz about him for a head coaching job. Could be. We've heard about um, Eric Bieniemy for years. For a head coaching job, the OC in Kansas City. Yeah. So there's you know, there's potential out there. There's some options at coordinator for sure. Any other fan questions? 
I don't think so. I think that's it. Wrap it up. All right. A lot of NFL news to get into. First of all, fun NFL news, mind you. Great Thanksgiving, in which the Cowboys Giants game was the most viewed slash highest rated game of all time ever. Which, uh, regular season game. I yeah, believe. yeah. Which is not a surprise. I mean, America's team on Thanksgiving, when people who don't even watch football have the game on, of course. Well, don't they play on Thanksgiving every year? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like ratings keep going up every year as well. Plus, you know, division rival. Giants are a huge team, too. Big matchup. Both teams, you know, looking like they're primed for the playoffs. They played like they're primed for the playoffs, but we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, speaking of that whole division, the NFC East currently has all three wild card spots locked up. Uh, some would say I know a thing or two. Again, when you're hot, you're hot. What can I say, man? And I don't see it slowing down either. Washington looks great. Heineke's 5-1 and one as a starter. There's no way Wentz gets that job back. Nor should he. No chance. Giants keep kind of proving me wrong. They're legit. And I love Brian Dayball. What he's done there with kind of a, like a misfit toys kind of roster. Do you imagine if they had some wideouts? I mean, Slayton's actually pretty good. But yeah, he's not a typical number one guy by any means. No. Or even a... I mean, Daniel Jones is all right, but... He shocked me too. He's he's what taking if a huge they improvement. go out and get Lamar. That'd be scary. In fact, I don't want that at all. I don't want to play Lamar twice a year. Take the ball off of Saquon's feet when he when they re-sign him this year. Let him kind of run the ball twenty times a game, but you don't know if he's going to run it or Lamar's going to run it. Could be fun. Let's put that on the back burner for now. And, of course, you know, Philly and Dallas, I think they've proven that they belong. In not-so-fun news, the Broncos currently have the lowest points per game at 14.2 since 2000, which, of course, was your Cleveland Browns. Uh, that We were fresh back into the league at that point. Yeah, it's not a knock on them. This is a historically bad offense that shouldn't be historically bad. I think I read if, if they averaged 19 points a game, they'd be like 9-1. and one. Yeah. That's absurd. They have by far the, scoring-wise, the best defense out there. But defense can't play on both sides of the ball. I wish they could for them. Got a fun little stat here. Um, Tom Brady going into Sunday. Well, let me rephrase that. The unthinkable, the what we thought was impossible, the never-happened-before, a moment that is going to be marked down in history happened on Sunday. Fill me in. I like that a lot better. Tom Brady goes into Sunday 218-0 and zero in the, when leading by seven in the fourth quarter. Never lost. Ever. In, I think, what, 25 years he's been playing football? I think 218-0 and zero made that point clear enough, yeah. Um, 218 and one. That's like 13 seasons worth of wins. And he dropped the ball because of David and Joku being an absolute specimen in his candidate for catch of the year. Do you have that uh, Brissett quote on that? Uh, paraphrase at least. I could paraphrase it. Uh, he said. He thought he threw, he said, I'll quote it. I'll be Jacoby Brissett for you guys out there. I threw it, thought I threw it a little high. He came down with it, 
and I wanted to run up there and give him a kiss. And he should have. And he should have. What a what a game to go out on, Jacoby. Uh, really hope we re-sign him as a backup. I was going to say, maybe is that a guy that a team like the Saints or the Jets would go after? Possibly. Uh, we did just release Josh Dobbs, though. So I think either they draft a seventh-round quarterback to back up or they sign Jacoby for if he doesn't. I mean, it's really up to him. He's a free agent. So. Yeah, with that much money locked up in Deshaun, do you want to afford to pay your backup, you know, $10 million a year? Not really. But well, he could probably get a deal like that somewhere else. Yeah, it's up to him. Maybe you're bringing this guy named, um, I think his name's Russell Russell Wilson. He's a backup quarterback. Uh, I heard he's got a really crazy contract. Oh, we can't have two of those on the same team. That's no, 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 no. set up for failure. Yeah, wild stat. Great win for Cleveland. Which right, I did. Right. I did predict that. By the way, I got to get my you my did? small little victories in in, in our pick'em league. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that's count. You I don't think do we mentioned it on show, but you didn't. Uh, we'll, you didn't. We'll edit that back you in. You didn't. We'll edit it back. You in. did not. Um, Sean Payton was on Colin Coward. I think after recording was yesterday. What a loser that guy is. Yeah, right. Colin but Coward, some great material Payton. here. Uh, Payton thinks the NFL is primed for switching over to the NFL, like the NBA, with a lottery system. For their draft. Love it. One, do you think they'll do it? And two, it's definitely a, an improvement, right? I hope they do it. Because, one, that makes trading those top ten picks a lot riskier if you're on the receiving end. Because you're not, if you're, you're a top ten pick, that's what you're guaranteed. You're not guaranteed the first overall pick anymore. The second or the third. You could have any of them. And... Yeah, I love that a lot. I think it incentivizes, incentivizes not tanking, of course, because there's no the the benefit of coming in last isn't as big, correct as it is with the current system. See, I'm all for it. I think it'd be great for the game. I think it's another great TV opportunity, which the NFL loves to have lottery night. Yes, who's going to get the first pick? That seems like a slam dunk to me. No pun intended. I mean, are they would the owners be against it? Maybe. That's the only holdup. But I think they could be persuaded. Um, There's always a number out there. Except the one guy who votes against everything that ever gets proposed, Jerry Jones. You mean the real commissioner? Allegedly. The real man that owns the league. For now, at least. He's, what, 8,900 years old? Uh, Give or take? I'd say leeway 200. Um, but, but, uh, Josh Jacobs contract year, maybe the best contract year for a running back at least ever. Um, possibly. What was Zeke's contract year though? I know that was very good. Yeah, he earned it, and he hasn't earned it since. Yeah, well, that's very true. Uh, Josh Jacobs drafted in what 2018? Um, I believe so. Yeah, because the end of his rookie, rookie deal. deal. Um. The Raiders probably re-sign him. Now, he's going to get paid. But here is next year's upcoming free agent running backs. They've got Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, Damian Harris, Jeff Wilson Jr., Devin Singletary, Raheem Mostert, and Rashad Penny. All free agents next year and all quality running backs. That is true. 
Um, it's going to be a wild market. Um, the only the Dolphins got to re-sign one of the two, right? Not both for sure. Probably Wilson Jr. Probably. Uh, I think the Giants definitely spend money on Saquon. He's having a great year. Deservedly so. Um, the Raiders, if they can, lock up Josh Jacobs, depending on his asking point. Now, here's the issue. Uh, from what we've seen so far, these big running back deals don't work out. Oh, no. Running back shelf life is so short once you pass your rookie deal up. Yeah, at 29 is when running backs see a drastic drop-off. Even before that, you know, the way the game's going, I don't know if you can pay a guy like Jacobs, you know, $60 million anymore. But we're also in a lot more run-heavy league right now. Shifting back to that for sure. So maybe you'll see these guys last a little longer as far as usage-wise. Look at Derrick Henry. I mean, he's having his ups and downs, but his ups are still, you know, borderline 200-yard games. CMC when he's healthy. Yeah. That's the only issue there. So maybe because we're shifting back towards this run-heavy league, you'll see these guys' longevity go on and on like Frank Gore. Well, let me ask you this. Would you rather pay $60 million for a four-year running back or draft a guy like Brees Hall or Kenny Walker on a rookie deal who's going to come in and put up numbers right away? Well, you got the proven and the gamble. So it just depends on what kind of guy you are. How much are you willing to pay for that potential risk or potential locked in four years? I got my guy. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a risk, or do you know you got your you already your your guy that's there right now is already proved. Josh Jacobs already proven what he can do. When his usage rate goes up, his stats go up. He's having a great year, not for no reason. And it's, I mean, if their defense was better, they would be great because their offense is where it should have been last year. And their defense is the problem now, which was the opposite last year. And the O-line pass blocking hasn't been great. I still don't love McDaniels as a head coach right now. But yeah, the biggest problem by far is their defense. So do you let that guy that has elevated your offense to the place where it needs to be walk? And focus up on a running back who's got potential but could very well have injury issues or do you keep that running back and try and fix your defense if you're the Raiders what do you do if you look at the prototypes of the teams that are out there generally it's been win while your QB's on his rookie deal otherwise you gotta pay him you know Mahomes Herbert, Burrow kind of money. These guys are all up for big deals. Or you flip that and say, hey, I'm going to draft. Or even just sign you know, two mediocre running backs run by committee and spend that money elsewhere. I don't know what's more successful. Because there's only one Pat Mahomes, only one Herbert. You, you don't find these guys that often. Right. So look at, look at what the Rams did, where they sold out, paid for a veteran QB, and spent money elsewhere. Is that the move? I don't think problem so. is these veteran quarterbacks are kind of all going down. You know, Brady's last year. Rodgers might be done. We're Matt Ryan's done. Stafford's done. The shift of the new era for sure. And now that you have these guys in that second tier like Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, the guys after them, really unproven. Correct. I mean, look, is, is Kenny Pickett the best young quarterback right now? 
That's a scary thought. Probably Daniel Jones. Like of that group, yeah. Yeah. Or not Mac Jones. Not Zach Wilson. Um Yeah, it's a big drop off after Allen Herbert Burrow Jackson. Hurts is gonna get paid. Hurts. Uh I mean yeah, I mean you just don't know. I mean when you gotta build a roster of fifty three guys, it's the most it's the ultimate team sport for a reason, you know? You gotta get the most value out of the players you have and can afford to pay. If I'm the Raiders, I really think I lock in Josh Jacobs. I would have to see who else is up for a contract there, but they have Adams. I know they still have Rimfro. He's still on a rookie deal, yeah, right? Cars locked in. Cars locked in. Waller, they just paid Waller last year. Could have been a mistake. He's been hurt, to be fair. He's been hurt last year. He's been hurt the year before. He's been hurt the year before. Um, so, yeah, I think they go heavy on the defense this year. Maybe they get a gem like Sauce Gardner. There's only one Sauce Island. Now, moving along, let's recap our games of the week, which were all the Thanksgiving games, which were all great. Starting Phenomenal with Thanksgiving games. Lions-Bills on the 1 o'clock slot. Great ending. Maybe some questionable calls, both from the refs and the play calling. Um, Bills pulled it out late. Last second field goal. Man, the Lions look good, though, man. Really fun, young team to watch. Every game, they look good. They're in it. Same thing there. Just defense is there. Is what needs addressed. Yeah, Jared Goff playing surprisingly well. Now, don't get, the Rams won a Super Bowl, but are you starting to like Jared Goff in that trade a little more? It looks more and more like a win-win now. Yeah, because everybody was like, I think everybody just kind of said they were both bad. Um, they said you know Goff's a system quarterback; he's not going to succeed anywhere else, which at the time wasn't wrong. But he's kind of right that ship so far this year. And going forward, I don't know why that would change. You got a bona fide star like Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, he's got a long way to go. Maybe the best line in football. And touchdown machine, Jamal Williams. Still got Swift. He's at what, 11 or 13? Uh, I think 13. Jeez. On like 10 carries a game. All hey. goal line and all touchdowns. James Conner, baby. He did the same thing last year. Yeah. Then we had, of course, the highest-rated game ever with Dallas and the Giants. Maybe the fix is in. A last-second Giants score covered the spread and pushed the game to the over. And garbage time meant nothing except to me and probably a lot of other gamblers out there. Um, but again, Giants proved me wrong. Looked good on both sides of the ball. Dallas, a couple dumb turnovers. Overall, though, no complaints there. Zeke looked like prime Zeke again after taking some weeks off and getting healthy. Defense looked good. Parsons, I think, had two more sacks. My DPOY, of course. Or both Howard, of ours. Yeah. And now he's by far, by far the heavy favorite in Vegas. And the nightcap. Who would have thought the highest scoring game would be Pats-Vikings? The Patriots really shocked me. I was not expecting them to score like that. But anything can happen. Especially when the Vikings defense is god awful. I was going to say, yeah, the main thing being the Vikings defense is trash. But primetime, Kirk Thuggins showed up. Jeez. What a guy. What a weird three week stretch. From great to horrible to great. 
the Kirk Cousins experience? Uh, this is the Kirk Thuggins show now. Don't get that twisted. Vikings uh, eight and two. Is that what they are? Nine and two. Either way, they're, they're right behind the Eagles. Nine and two. Yeah, Nine yeah, and two yeah, yeah. For um, the NFC, Eagles are ten and one. Number one seed. Uh, so yeah, great week. Even across that, going into Sunday. Um, what's the Sunday night game? Let me pull that up real quick. Go and kill some time. Um, yeah, going into Sunday, Tampa, Cleveland. Um, we touched on it earlier. Shocked? Made history, giving Tom Brady his first loss when he was up by seven points in the fourth quarter. You had Carolina and Sam Darnold beating Denver. Jacksonville with a sneaky last-second win over Baltimore. Trevor Lawrence looked incredible. Went for two there at the end, converted, got a sneaky win there. Another team that looks poised for the future success. Justin Tucker was like two feet short. A 67-yarder? 67-yarder. It was beautiful right down the middle, and it just barely missed the cross. They could have given him one more yard. He didn't nail that. I feel like... If he would have just given one more practice kick on the sideline, Mike White and the Jets looked great over the uh, Trevor Simeon led Bears. Bengals sneaky win on the road in Tennessee. Washington keeps on winning against Atlanta, no less, but hey, got the job done. Chargers again, Herbert with a last second touchdown and the two point conversion to beat Arizona. Looked good, finally. Maybe game of the week, overtime in Seattle. Vegas and the Seahawks. Very Josh Jacobs with an 83-yard touchdown in overtime. Yeah. Seal that one up in a 40-34 to 34 game. What a, is that the best walk-off touchdown ever? Yeah, I mean, ever, I don't know, but this year probably. For sure, this 83. Year. Well, maybe other than um, that punt return. Wasn't that the Patriots game a couple uh, weeks yeah. ago? Yeah, as time expired. That was a and good a three, one. And three, a 3-3, you know, <laughs> defensive battle. Yeah. Uh, the Niners shut out New Orleans, 13 nothing. Uh, the defense, I think, has four straight weeks of not allowing a point in the second half. Studs. And then, of course, Sunday night was the Packers and Eagles in a 40-33 game. And Jordan Love's debut, and man, did he look good. Only played some of the fourth quarter. Put up, like, what, 110 yards? Something Touchdown like to Christian Watson. Rodgers came out with an injury, maybe done for the year. 12 years ago to the date of that game, Rodgers replaced Brett Favre. Invest in Jordan Love stock right now. Jordan Love MVP next year. Um, go to Vegas and put it in right now. Got to be great odds. And then Monday night was kind of rough. We touched on Jeff Saturday's fear to call timeouts there at the end. I don't know if it's a fear. Or he, just a oversight? I don't know. He um, he's defended it in the postgame. Said he didn't feel like time was of the essence or something. But then today in the presser, I mean, they, uh, after reviewing film, he said he definitely regrets yeah. his decision-making there at the end. That, that post-game, time is not of the essence, makes me feel like he kind of lost faith. A little bit. Like, yeah. oh, I don't think my guys can do it. I'll just let them get off the field. Yeah, Kenny Pickett looked pretty solid all game. Made some real nice throws late. Um, since the bye week, no turnovers from Kenny Pickett. Definitely Which a good was sign. The biggest worry. Definitely I think a good sign. A lot sign. of people had. Um, but the Colts offense, man, is just tough to watch. Yeah. I think next year Kenny Pickett will be a little better. They need to do some work on that offensive line. Um, work on scheming without Ben Roethlisberger. 
I think that's been one of their biggest downsides is their scheme just looks bad. Um, I think the I think they're in good hands. Yeah, Colts probably could have won, should have won, but they fumbled a handoff on the goal line to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they have by far the most turnovers in the league right now. It's like two and a half per game. Not a good look. Um, and Najee left with an injury, which brings us to the IR. A lot of big names out there. Go ahead and start us off. Uh, we got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's the sh- oblique. Listed as an oblique. Yeah. And then I believe he also has a broken thumb. Yeah, he's been battling with that all year. Uh, we got Von Miller, who should be good to play. Hey, he said he wants to play this week, which uh, could mean who knows what. We have Darnell Mooney and Allen uh, Robinson out for the year. Um, A-Rob finally started to pick it up, look good, get targets, so that's unfortunate there. Then we have C.J. Gardner-Johnson out indefinitely. Maybe the biggest loss of any of these guys. Yeah. I think he leads the league in picks and has been a great presence there in that Philly secondary. Yeah, especially on the other side of Slay. So, yeah, that's big time. Um, hopefully they can still play great defense like they have been, but, yeah, that hurts a lot. And then Aaron Donald, high ankle sprain. Out for... Same thing, kind of indefinitely. Yeah. Waiting on a diagnosis, I think, today. So maybe by the time this episode drops, we'll have a for sure answer. But it could be two weeks, could be season ending. I mean, honestly, if you're the Rams right now, you just keep them out. Yeah. There's no point. In, I mean, you're not making the playoffs. You don't want to risk making it worse. Yeah, get healthy, come back next year when hopefully they're in a much better position. If he doesn't retire. That's another question. Does Stafford go, McVeigh go, Donald go? I think McVeigh goes. Um, I, I heard last year he said if if Donald goes, he's gone. And uh, and likewise, Donald said if McVeigh goes, uh, I'm gone. I don't know. I think Donald's done. Um, For his career or this year? Oh, I think he's retired. I think he's going to retire now. Um, Nothing left to prove. No, he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Best ever at his position, maybe in the conversation at least for best defensive player ever. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, got his ring finally. Uh, kind of did, kind of was having a decent year up until the injury. Um, clear fall off for sure. So, I think yeah, I think it's time for him to see his way out. We'll see about that. Um, how about our new game of the week picks? Looking forward to this week. What do you got? I went obvious. We got Miami and San Fran. Two teams that could very well both make Super Bowl runs. I think right now, the Niners are the best team in football. Definitely right. the best defense. I think the offense, again, we've touched on many times, all the weapons they got. Jimmy G's good enough. The coaching's great. But Miami, maybe the most fun to watch offense out there. Can the 49ers defense stop that offense is the question. That is what will make or break the game. And likewise, can Miami's defense show up and uh, keep it close at least. Because you got two in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm going two every time. Yeah. This year for sure. Um, that's also our first, uh, like what, our third top five matchup of the year. We'll touch on that here in a minute. A little allusion to our power rankings. My game of the week, Commanders-Giants. NFC East. Who would have thought? I never thought I'd say this, but the NFC East... Must watch TV. Best division in football. 
So much for the AFC West or the NFC West. It's NFC Beast, baby. Don't ever say that again. NFC Beast. I don't like that. Well, we were the NFC Least for like six years straight. Yeah. So things have turned. Well, maybe regular season-wise. We'll have to see what happens come playoff to really decide if it's the NFC beast or not. I believe in Philly. Still got my doubts about my Cowboys. Naturally. Until they prove me wrong. They've been letting you down a lot for the last 20 years. But I'm holding on hope for this year. And power rankings time? Uh, Number five, as we mentioned, the 49ers. First time they've been in the top five. If we started rankings... You know, after they got CMC, they're number one for sure. Definitely. They're going to keep climbing, I think. Like I said, if I had to pick a Super Bowl winner right now, I'm probably going Niners. I think they're the most complete team. Oh, for sure. The least flaws. Your only question is maybe Jimmy G, but even he's kind of proven that he's not that. I mean, he's not a guy you got to worry about. Hey, I can throw four touchdowns. He's going to limit turnovers, hand off to Debo and CMC, and let you guys make plays. And if not, your defense is going to win you the game anyway. I have no doubts about the Niners at all. Number four, who do we got? We have a tie at four. The Vikings and Dolphins. Both kind of the same. High-powered offense, questionable defense. Yeah. Especially in Minnesota's case. But they do it. They outscore. You score 40 a game, sometimes you don't need your defense that much. And they, Tua in the fourth quarter, and Kirk Thuggins, as long as he's not Kirk Cousins that day. Now, we almost had a pair of uh, top five matchups. The Jets are knocking on the door. Borderline, for sure. Definitely top seven. So they play Minnesota, of course, Miami and San Fran play. Number three, we got the Cowboys. Stays the same. Number two, the Eagles, and one, the Chiefs. No changes there. Not at all. I think. Chiefs Bengals, another team that's kind of definitely top ten, I'd say, in Cincinnati. Bengals are getting close. They're they're inching their way up one spot at a time for sure. Um I mean I don't think they beat the Chiefs. I don't know. I really don't know. This could be a forty five forty two game or it could be like a seventeen twelve game. The way the season's been, you really have no idea. Well it could be forty five forty two or seventeen to forty two. Or it could be at forty nine nothing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that you're going to stop the Chiefs from scoring at least twenty eight. Bengals defense though, sneaky good again. Without a Wouzier, that hurts. Not good in the passing realm. All right, after a forty two minute opening segment, we'll take our first quick break. Come back with cigar notes. Talk about this bourbon some more. And get into NBA news. SNS thirteen back after this. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to do some cigar notes and then this lovely bourbon that we're sipping on. We're going to go into depth. But for my cigar, I'm finished, by the way. Burned through it quick. Um, It was very good. In the second third, I got some peppery earth notes. That was pretty much it. The sweet kind of faded out, which was good. Um, Good change of direction there. Not a whole lot of pepper, just kind of on the back of the throat there. But uh, that's there it is. That cedar earthy tones really kind of carried. I've grown to like that a lot actually after the El Periodicos. I mean, 
Oh, my God. <laughs> it's taken all I can not to smoke the one I have here in the humidor. Pretty much every day I think about it. Yeah. So what kind of notes did you get? With the Aroma de Cuba, about halfway through. Um, still a great burn, great smoke production. Solid draw. A couple little touch-ups had to make in there. But flavor-wise, I'm a dessert guy. You know that. It's not that sweet. And I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Kind of uh, not spicy either. It's like a uh, kind of a natural earthiness. Um, almost like some leather, some oak. Almost like a bourbon kind of wood. Mm. Very pleasant. Speaking of pleasant, I've been waiting to talk about this bourbon. If you can even call it bourbon. Let me drop some knowledge. Knowledge. So... Legally, all bourbons have to be in new American oak casks, at least 51% corn mash bill, and aged, um, I don't think there's an age limit. It's got to be like a, like a year, I think. Um, but this is a completely different process that Cleveland whiskey does. So they'll take very young whiskey, maybe six months old, take it out of their barrels, and put it into like a steel pressurized chamber. And because you can't age whiskey in like maple barrels or apple barrels because the wood just won't hold the whiskey. It'll leak out. They take chunks of that wood, whichever you know flavor they want to add in, put that in with the whiskey in these chambers, and then age it, you know, temp controlled, pressure controlled, to get the exact flavors they want. So this one's the black cherry finish. So they put in black cherry wood. And it's super flavorful. Really present. You might lose out on some of the typical bourbon notes that you get from, you know, aging in oak like the caramel, brown sugar, cinnamon kind of sweetness. But it's very tasty. The purist might not be a fan because, again, it's so different. But I love the uniqueness. I've never had anything really compares to this. And I think they're the only company that does this process, to my knowledge. To my knowledge as well. They're also reward-winning. Don't forget that. Uh, yeah, that, the San Francisco Spirit Awards. They're winning gold. The first-round Boom Boom Burger won double gold. Yeah. Which I'm looking for wherever I can. Got to find a bottle of that. We will. Um, this one's only like, I think I paid 45 bucks for it. Not bad. Again, for a 94 proof, really unique, tasty bourbon, bourbon whiskey, whatever it's technically qualified as, I would definitely buy it again. I'm enjoying it a lot. Definitely getting those strong cherryness to it. Um, but yeah, very unique story. And it's brewed in. Cleveland. Yeah, local. It's my I mean, town. Ohio, at least. It's my city. Local enough. It's my city, son. Now, with that, take us away, Mr. NBA. Got some crazy stuff here. Um, got a little, couple little stats that I want to share with you guys. Um, start out with Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton out in Indiana. My guy, and I actually wrote this down myself. You should be proud of me. I am. I'm getting more and more into NBA. I'm very proud of you. Why don't you take it away Three then? Three straight games of 10 or more assists and zero turnovers. Chris Paul-esque. I love it. I love these traditional style point guards that take care of the ball and spread it around. He's not scoring a whole lot, but he doesn't have to. No, he doesn't. And I love it. That is what a point guard it does. Traditionally, and you know, for your purists out there, like... The, you'll call Kyrie Irving a two-guard. You'll call guys like that a two-guard because they're not facilitating at an elite level. Even Steph Curry, he's a two-guard. Um, but, you know, Chris Paul, you're, you got guys, you know, Steve Nash, look at those guys. 
They didn't score a lot. Could. Could. Have the ability, but they're pass, they pass first guys. Yeah. And I love this style of ball. And this style of ball now, we've shown it with the Trailblazers and the Jazz. Spreading the ball around like that, you win games. And staying in Indy, what are the chances Benedict Mathurin, Mathurin wins both Rookie of the Year and Sixth Man of the Year? Got a stat line for me? So far, 28 minutes a game, 19.1 points per game, four boards, two assists, and efficient. Definitely got a chance. The only problem is a fellow named Paolo Banchero. Um, unless he somehow gets released by the Magic, I don't think anyone else has a shot at Rookie of the Year. He has been completely just dominant. And it's been a long time since we've seen a forward come in and be super dominant his rookie year. I guess not a long time. I think Zion got drafted in, what, 2019? Yeah, but he's a different kind of forward. He's yeah. more the 4-5 kind, where Ben Carroll's like a 2-3 kind of forward. Oh, for man. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's absolutely dominating. So I think there's a lot of um, things that need to happen. For anyone else to win at least Rookie of the Year, six Man of the Year would be interesting because I don't know how many times a rookie has won that. So, I'll uh, try to pull that up as you're going over your other stats. It's a good call. Now let's go back to Zion Williamson here, who through his first 100 games is making history, or did make history because his 100th game is over. Um. He's averaging 25 points per game through 100 games on 60% field goal shooting, which he's number one in that, and his company is Shaq, first ballot Hall of Famer, Charles Barkley, first ballot Hall of Famer, and Kevin McHale, who is in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he was first ballot or not. So in legendary company there, He's got the highest average game score in the first 100 career games in probably the most legendary company with being behind, he's in fourth. He's behind David Robinson, who had 22.5 game score, Michael Jordan, who had 21.5 game score, and tied, well, I guess tied for third with Shaq at 20.0 game score. Again, these are historic names you're mentioning here. He's up there, man. I'm telling you, this kid's talented. And since 2019, so his rookie year, he is second in the most games with 20 paint point games behind only Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis has 80, which is that's a season's worth of games that he's gotten 20 or more paint points, which is absurd. Then second, Zion Williamson. Third, Nikola Jokic. Fourth, kind of shocking, John Morant. Wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, you would think Embiid or something like that. No, John Morant bangs in there. Uh, did you get that pulled up? I do. Only one guy has won six man as a rookie. Ben Gordon. For the Bulls in 04 and 05. Didn't win Rookie of the Year. That's never been done to win both. But he won six man. Well. As of now, from what I'm reading, um, 
Matherin is currently second in rookie of the year, the race behind Bancaro, as you yep. mentioned, and right now fourth in six man. Definitely has a good chance. So yeah, Zion Williamson living up to the hype. The only question was if he could stay healthy. Uh, I have that stat. Uh, most games missed at the time of a hundredth career game, and you know, other than Greg Oden, who missed. 440. This is number one overall picks since 1966. Um, David Robinson missed 164. I believe that was a military thing. Yeah, I don't think he was hurt. And Zion behind him with 146. So he's in legendary company with David Robinson. Um, he looks healthy. He looks like he's his. He's adjusted his play style and his body mass. To actually stay on the court, which I love that. So, we're looking at a... He's having a ton of fun out there. That whole Pelicans team is fun. And I knew that the only piece they were missing was their star. Well, there's their other stars. Jonas Valanciunas is becoming a star slowly but surely. He's regaining that star level. Underrated. Um, Brandon Ingram is a star. I think we all kind of knew that even when he was in L.A. Um, C.J. McCollum, kind of, uh, definitely a star. And he's he's adapted his game as he's gotten older. Yes, he he's I love it. He's that great wing facilitator that every team needs. So yeah, be on the lookout for your New Orleans Pelicans playing great basketball. Quick note, tonight in a win over Golden State, Luka Doncic, MVP, put up 44-12-12. and 12. Uh, Just just Luka things. Is anybody surprised? No, but it's noteworthy. It is, it is. And I lost a stat, but Steph Curry this year is having a better year, on pace for a better year, than when he won unanimous MVP. Which is crazy. Put the entire team on his back right now. Uh, they're having a lot of issues out there in Golden State. Uh, we'll get on some more unfortunate notes here with Carl Anthony Towns missing four to six weeks with, I believe, either a knee sprain or an ankle sprain. I can't remember what I read earlier. Um, that's unfortunate. I guess, I mean, I think they'll still be okay with still having Rudy Gobert and maybe Anthony Edwards can pick up the slack now that it's not going to be so heavy on the inside. Yeah, maybe it'll work out better schematically at least for anthony edwards yeah uh maybe it'll be easier to adjust because now he only has to worry about one big being in the paint so when carl anthony towns comes back maybe he can play more of that spread the floor kind of carl anthony towns that we're used to um so maybe this will help schematically for the future as well Um, a couple quick notes here on the warriors mavs too um after the game chuck Asked Luca, quote, do you guys think y'all need to play at a much faster pace? Luca said, yeah, we do, but I'm slow. I mean, the more successful ISO Joe. And then James Wiseman, um, currently in the G League, has a plus minus of negative 35 through five games. Yet to have one game with a positive plus minus. That's insane. That, that's actually insane. Um, I don't know what happened to him. 
He got hurt his rookie year, but man, he looked good before that injury. Now it's just, I guess he just can't bounce back. Maybe he's playing scared. And not to be mean-spirited here, but I got Reggie Bullock's stat line tonight. In 14 minutes, he went um, 0, 0, 0, 0, and 0 on 0 of 3 shooting for a minus 14 plus minus. Why does that guy shoot the ball? Why does Luka keep passing the ball? I think we could do a whole show about how bad Reggie Bullock is. I feel bad because I like the guy. He's a good defender. He's a good locker room guy, too. Typically, not a terrible shooter, but in a cold, cold stretch really all year so far. Yeah, he's – but if I guess you could just hope he heats up or at least they start – passing to Tim Hardaway Jr. a little more than they passed to him. And here's a note I got. I didn't write it down, but I just, I just read it. A lot of talks for uh, Victor Wembayama, Wembanyama, whatever his name is, right? Do we already have that in a guy named Bull Bull? Yeah, Because Paolo Bancaro said everyone talks about the Victor dude from France. Not trying to compare, but Bull Bull, 7'2". Does the exact same shoots stuff. Shoots threes, brings it up the court, makes passes and block shots. Does the exact same thing. Dude's incredible, and I feel like just Again, he plays in Orlando, so you're going to be underrated down there. No coverage. Dude's a freak. He is. Freak of nature. Anybody that can do that is a freak of nature. However, doing that successfully in the NBA is very difficult. Especially, you know, over, over the years. Yes. You know, guys like that are typically prone to injury. They are. And prone to having to change their play style in order to, one, stay on the court, two, be effective on the court. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of that build. Um, it, it's very difficult to go up against a big center like Embiid or Jonas Valanciunas or... Maybe a guy like Kristaps. Kristaps. Who's not a typical five, but, I mean, he's, what, 7'3"? Tall and lanky, kind of has the same build. He's going to shoot, bring the ball up. He, but that's the part. Okay. A seven-footer bringing the ball up the court is never good. Never ideal. There is no situation where that should be the case unless it's the start of a fast break. And even then, the first thing you do as a seven-footer is immediately turn and look to your outlet pass. It's the simplest. It's, you get taught that in your first year of YMCA basketball. That is the most effective way to get down the court, especially if you're seven foot tall, because nobody can see the court like you do. So you could even throw further than your outlet pass, if possible. Kevin Love's great at that. He doesn't try and be fancy and bring the ball down the court. And unfortunately, one, there's not enough guys to make an era shift to where seven-footers are doing that all the time. So I think you kind of just have to put that off to the side. No, you have it in your back pocket, but you can't scheme that into your game. You have to just let them throw the outlet pass and start the fast break because at the end of the day, more guys are going to get back on defense if you have a seven-footer bringing the ball up the court no matter what. It's that simple. That's the whole point of a fast break is to get a three-on-two, a two-on-one, a three-on-one. If you have a seven-footer bringing the ball up the court, 
it's going to be a three-on-three or maybe even a five-on-four. So, I mean, I just think that's a super ineffective way to play basketball. I've got the numbers here on Steph so far this year. Again, hasn't played the whole season yet. But compared to his unanimous MVP year right now, he's averaging one and a half more points a game, one and a half more rebounds per game, um, about half an assist more, shooting a higher percentage, slightly less from three, but he's still 52% from the field and 44% from beyond the arc, better free throw percentage, more effective field goal percentage, higher true shooting percentage, less turnovers. The guy's 34 years old and playing probably the best ball of his life. Great basketball. I don't think anybody will ever call for a Steph Curry downfall. Guy's just way too lovable. And to shoot as much volume as he does from outside and still be shooting over 50%, period, that's absurd. One day, I will love for him to play a traditional two-guard. When he can't move as well, they get a younger guard that can facilitate very well. I would love to see Curry just wide open on the wing time and time again because then he'd probably average more points than he ever has in his career. And by the time he's 45, he could just keep playing a Ray Allen, Kyle Korver type. Exactly. Just shooting threes and still hitting you know 45% of them. Exactly. Now, anything else you got before we go to teams of the week? I don't. Okay. Last week, not good for me. I had the Timberwolves. They lost to the Hornets, lost to the Warriors, got spanked by the Wizards, where Chris Stops Chris dropped 41, and Cat got hurt. Spanked. And they played the Grizz Wednesday. Not looking good right now. Not at all. Best case, 1-3, but I'm going 0-4 most likely. How'd your Bulls do? Uh, right now, 2-1, and one, lost to the Thunder, then beat the Jazz and beat the Bucks. So... We'll see. Um, solid week. I guess kind of unexpected to lose to the Thunder, but beating the Jazz and the Bucks, great basketball needed to be played. Are the played. Bulls the most like average team out there? Like the Dallas Cowboys of basketball? Okay, I didn't say that. They're going to play good ball, but they're not going to make a run postseason-wise. They might go... Are we talking about the Bulls still or the Cowboys? Okay, uh, no, I'm in a good mood today, man. No need for that right now. Uh, We're well, trying to stay positive. Here in about 10 minutes or so, you're probably not going to be. Yeah, I've tried to postpone that for as long as I could. How about your new team of the week Got the Hawks. looking into this week? You mean the Atlanta Hawks. Kind of like how they play ball out there when they're hot. When they're hot, they can score 160 points, no doubt in my mind. When they're cold, they can score 85 which doesn't win games. However, they're playing Denver, OKC, and New York. Good lineup. Decent. Should go at least 2-1. and one. Hopefully. But again, the Thunder sometimes just play spoiler. Win uh, games they shouldn't yeah. win. Put up 150 points in games they shouldn't That's put up 150. That's Alexander for you. Maybe the most underrated player out there. I don't know if he's underrated. I've never heard anything but... Under, undercovered, I should say. Okay. He played for a fair. bad team in OKC. Yeah, that's true. You don't get any love like that. That's true. I'll give you that. Uh, I'm going with the Grizzlies. They've got the Sixers, Pistons, Heat, and Thunder from this Thursday when the episode drops to next Thursday. 
Um, same old Grizz. Same old Grizz. You know, between Ja and Bain. Play great ball. Get the ja, job done. Stay MVP. I'm trying to play it safe after a rough week. Rough with my, uh, um, my entirety of team. Well, of I, had, week. I had the one uh, bright spot with the Cavs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Let's postpone my Buckeyes for a little bit longer and talk college hoops. Crazy things are happening in college hoops. As they typically do in November and December. Um, Louisville can't seem to get a win, which is great for me. Go Wildcats. I believe uh, your Wildcats just beat, uh, who would that be? Bellarmine. And who'd Bellarmine beat before I that? I believe they, the, they're the team that started Louisville off on their cold streak. Yeah. Um, however... Teams we do not see in the top ten right now. North Carolina, Michigan State, Duke, Gonzaga, or Kentucky. Now, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Michigan State are barely in the top 20, which is crazy. Um, Gonzaga hovering at 14. Definitely make a run. The team's in the top ten. Houston at number one. For the first time since 1983 with Phi Slamma Jamma. Texas at number two. Kind of out of nowhere. Virginia at three. Again, kind of shocking. Well, they might have lost tonight. Let me check that real quick. They were down to Michigan late. Okay. Well, that'll drop them pretty far because Michigan is not in the top 25. Um, Arizona at four. Purdue at five, Baylor at six. So real quick, Baylor just lost to Marquette, got smoked by right. 26. Okay, And Baylor's, Virginia won by two points over Michigan. Baylor's going to drop significantly. Uh, Creighton at seven. We got a Creighton and Texas matchup, I think, on Thursday. Should be a good one. Uh, UConn at eight. This is men's basketball, not women's. Kansas at nine. Kind of low for Kansas. Uh, Indiana at 10. So the uh, who's your daddies at 10 here in the NCAAM? Yeah, Big 10, I think, with six teams currently ranked. Uh, the Buckeyes got in at 25. We go to Cameron to play Duke Wednesday night. That's a tough one. Um, they want some revenge from last year where we beat them. They were number one at the time. And we they walked also them off on a buzzer beater. want revenge... For being Dookie Stains this year. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't expect a win, but hey, if my Buckeyes put up a good show, national TV, play it close, I'll be watching for sure. Now let's talk talk college football. Michigan versus LSU Ohio goes State. down to Texas A and M. You know, shocking loss. That they do. Clemson goes down, number nine Oregon goes down. A lot of top ten teams falling. Yeah, Buckeyes go down. All right, let's get into it. We played scared. Michigan wins in the horseshoe for the first time since 2000. In the highest rated college game, regular season. Who of all was time. their quarterback in 2000? Good was God. Was it Chad Henney? Uh, I was two years old, man. I think it was Chad Henney. Well, <laughs> they got a new guy now. I'm going to pull that up. Yeah, we, just, we played, played scared, played too conservative. Um, we punted on their side of the field late. I don't know why we did that. Should have at least gone for it. 
Couldn't stop the run, couldn't stop the deep ball, made no adjustments to the secondary, which we've been so good at all year. No excuses. You know, I got to blame it on the coaching staff overall. I don't think we played bad per se, but when you're playing the number three team in the nation, your biggest rival, you got to show up more so than you did. So, no disrespect. Michigan played great. Quorum played great. I don't want to say wish them the best. Quorum did not play great. It was their other running ball. Oh, that dude came in filthy. Broke off a 75 yarder. Put up like 600 yards. Yeah, had a great game. We, we, we had no answer, we had no adjustments. And you guys had no secondary. Not at all. Again, no adjustments. We, they kept throwing up deep balls against one-on-one man coverage, and we didn't adjust to it. So no DBs from Ohio State are being taken this year. That's for sure. No longer DBU. Um, the last quarterback that beat you in the horseshoe, not Chad Henney. Mr. Drew Henson. Oh, big Drew. Yeah. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts? You watched it, right? Um, From a, I don't want to say a non-biased perspective, but less biased than myself, I guess. I'm definitely a non-biased. I'm neither a fan of neither team. I'd say that's the most non-biased it gets. But I think you're a renowned Ohio State hater. I wouldn't say hater. Fan hater. Hey, I, I can't judge you on that. That's, that's kind of what kills it for me. I respect talent where talents do. The Buckeyes are always talented. But, at the end of the day... Just as much as you guys hate Alabama. I don't personally, but again, Buckeye Nation for sure. They love to see talented teams fall because that's the team that always beats them. So, uh, felt a little good. On the bright side, again, try to stay optimistic. The rivalry is back. That's two in a row for Michigan after uh, two decades of pretty dominant Ohio State ball. Got to come back strong next year. Got to start the win streak somewhere, right? Exactly. Uh, I believe the overall record historically is 60 to 51 and six ties. Something like that, yeah, going way back. So they can get a, even with your guys' 20-year, maybe it's time for a. This is the first time in my life that, I don't want to say I'm scared, but even the fans, if you watch the fans during that game, like even in the second quarter, it was quiet, man. These, these people knew. That's what happens. Yeah. We're not used to this. I'm not used to this. It's the young fans. The old fans are probably kicked back like, oh, you know, we lived through this for 100 years. Might as well. What's two games? And, you know, in the past, normally when the Buckeyes are great, my Cowboys let me down. Cowboys are great. Buckeyes let me down. Does this mean maybe my Cowboys go on a run? Again, trying to stay out. Well, didn't your Buckeyes let you down last year? Okay, yeah, but my Cowboys did too, as as usual. So I would say your historical reference there. You know what? Don't bring exactly me down, man. Accurate. Don't bring me down. <laughs> Just be glad I showed up today. Oh, you live here. <laughs> I could have turned the lights off and been quote asleep. Uh, I was here before you. Oh, I forgot we were recording tonight, man. My bad. Well, I watched you pull in, so it's kind of creepy. Watching you like a hawk. Playoff rankings came out today, of course. No surprises. OSU in the... Oh, fifth. Oh, sorry. Fifth. I forgot they fifth. lost. Hey, we'll, we'll touch on that. Georgia 1, of course. Michigan 2, TCU 3, and USC 4. Buckeyes at 5. Is there a team that beats Georgia? On paper, no. Not that I see. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But I don't see it. I don't see TCU doing it. I think Michigan and USC have the talent. I don't know if they have the execution. 
I think Georgia's just step above any other team out there. Ohio State. They'd probably spank us. Specifically for Michigan. Now again, let's say TCU or USC loses. Buckeyes probably sneak back in there. I don't think Caleb Williams is going to lose a football game ever again in his entire life. I'd be shocked. So championship week, Friday night, the Pac-12, Utah and USC. Um, Then Saturday, the Big 12, Kansas State, TCU, and LSU and Georgia. Kansas State could take down TCU. Yeah, I don't see USC losing, but I think our best chance is for K-State to beat TCU. I don't think LSU comes close to Georgia. No. It's like an 18-point spread right now. And again, Georgia just head and shoulders better than anybody else out there. Um, Bama is at six. You never know with them. Committee does love them. Committee does love them. Can you try to be positive for once, man? You got any notes over there? Any comments you want to make here? <laughs> Ohio State sucks. Okay, good God, man. 11 to 1 is not, you know, we don't Go suck. Michigan. Go blue, baby. Hey, they're your rival too, man. I know. And you guys played decent against USC. Yeah. In a game you should have lost, but again, think, uh, next year, man. Next year. Yeah, I think we're in good shape. Uh, what do you think about Ryan Day? Long term? Short term? Look, I don't want to let Mr. Two, Cooper ring a bell. I don't want to let two games bring the man's reputation down. 66% of his losses. Standards are always high. Maybe the highest, you know, expectations of the nation at Ohio State. Uh, except for when Nick Saban retires. Good God. If he retires. <laughs> so, no, he shouldn't lose his job. I think he coached it. He got outcoached Saturday for sure. I'll say that. But, no, I don't think there's any – no reason to to doubt the guy going forward. No reason to put him on the hot seat. He's got to make some adjustments. As in – Michigan? Look, we'll get there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I knew I had to take some, all right? I expected some some beating. Um, outside of that, though, Luke Fickle got the Wisconsin job. Good for him. Like to see Sad that. Sad to see him. Yeah, I wish he would have stayed in UC. He had a good thing going there. But great opportunity for yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. You got to take it. And then uh, Lane Kiffin did not go to Auburn. They went with Hugh Freeze, another former Ole Miss coach. Interesting. Uh, from what I've read from Auburn fans, they're not really too excited about that move. But hey, who cares about Auburn, right? That's true. Who does? Probably Auburn fans. Uh, none of them listen to us. Could. Maybe one. Now, one quick note on the Ohio high school football. Saturday is the national, I mean, the state title between Springfield, right here in town, and St. Edwards, who won it last year as well. Going for a a repeat here. For the first time since? Um, I think 07, 08, if I'm not mistaken. Which was? I want to say St. Edwards as well. Maybe Wayne. Yeah. That's played in Canton, man. That'd be dope to go to. In the Hall of Fame, state Very title cool. on the line. I know a couple guys who are making that trip. Have you ever been to Canton? I've not. It's on the bucket list. We'll take a trip. The Hall of Fame is really cool. I've heard. I've been twice. I've heard, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe springtime. Not super expensive either. Uh, nor should it be, you know? It's a museum. Come in and see history. And they, they have a, um, their first exhibit is seasonal, so it changes all yeah. the time. The first time I went, they had every rookie card ever like of any player ever i'm pretty sure that's absurd it was legitimately just thousands and thousands of rookie cards and they were like super thin bookshelves they had some that were just stacked in rows they had some that were double-sided 
It was unbelievable. Um, let's take a quick break. Come back to UFC and other news. Wrap up. Sleepers. Cigar. Bums of the week. All the usual great segments you've come to expect here on the Sports and Stogies podcast. 13 back after this. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to wrap up on cigars and then wrap up on the show with our last final segments here. My third third, that cocoa and cherry came storming back with revenge after I said it completely faded out in the second third. That's all I got. They heard you. Came back. It did. Overall rating? Um, Probably eight and a half. Solid. Can't go wrong. Um, I'm wrapping up here. Probably got another inch and a half left. Some uh, some vegetal sweetness kind of coming in. A lot of unexpected notes here. Vegetal sweetness. Yeah, I got that note from my buddy Mike. Our buddy Mike, I should say. The biggest connoisseur I know. The guy writes books. Literally. And I love it. Yeah, again, super unique. I would definitely try it again. Overall, I like the eight and a half number. I don't know the prices on these two sticks because they were, they were gifted to us. I'd say probably 15 bucks a piece, give or take, 12, 15, somewhere in there. Probably give or take. Based on the whole value. Um, but yeah, paired great with the bourbon. We only smoke the best of the best here on this show. What we're accustomed to. Exactly. The high life. Now let's talk UFC. Take us away. Biggest news. Light heavyweight champion Yuri Prohaska vacates his title. After what was I've read to be the worst shoulder injury that Dana's ever seen. Because he heard it in practice doing some wrestling. Um, so we had the option. But he, he himself chose to vacate instead of holding up the division. Um, they offered Glover to share his opponent for this upcoming fight. Um, Jan Blachowicz, which he turned down because not enough prep time for that. So for now, the main event will be Blachowicz and um, Ankalev. Not for the title, though. Not for the interim title. So who knows how long it'll take Yuri to come back. If he does, this is a, I mean, shoulders are as bad as knees when it comes to rehabilitation. Big props to him. Uh, he's a... He's a samurai, dude. I don't think there's another champion that would do that. Maybe like GSP. No, I mean current. Oh, no chance. No. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's another champion that would do that. So once he's healthy, he'll get an immediate title shot again. Of course, um, dude's maybe the most fascinating fighter out there. Really weird style and fun as hell to watch. So hopefully a quick recovery there for him. Um, but this Saturday we got a great fight night card. Could be a pay-per-view by itself. Uh, main event, the nicest guy in the sport, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fighting Kevin Holland. Finally, Wonderboy's not fighting a wrestler. He's a karate guy. He can finally go out there and strike again. And what could be maybe his retirement fight. Dude's like 38, 39. Could be. So he's getting up there. Um, definitely towards the end of his contract. I think he has two left on his deal. Um, so good to see him get another win. What? If he beats Kevin Holland. I was going to say, you got... He Wonder got ragdolled by Chimaev last fight. He's going to come back with a vengeance. Absolutely. I think and it's a great a, matchup. He's a natural-born assassin when it comes to striking. Yeah, two great, like, lanky strikers. Uh, but Wonderboy Thompson has those kicks that you just don't see coming. It should be a great matchup. And then your favorite fighter out there, Tai Tuivasa, is uh, fighting up-and-coming Sergei Pavlovich. People's champ. Without a doubt. Tuivasa. Fighting on a... The third fight on a fight night card. Hey. Kind of weird. 
I'm happy to watch that guy for free. Again, Yuri may be the most fascinating. I think Ty's the most fun. Oh, without a doubt, absolutely. So yeah, major props to Yuri. I mean, like I said, I don't think there's another champion that would do that. Um, the only other one I could see maybe doing that is was Izzy. Um, I think he would definitely pass the torch to get healthy. Um, maybe in Ganu, but I think in Ganu would just fight through the injury because, like he did, he just doesn't care. He's going to punch you in the face, and you're going to go down. Then I read that Chimaev, or no, Pereira challenged Chimaev to a fight at 205. Well, Pereira asked the UFC, um, so I don't think that ever went further than that. Nor should it. I think he'd destroy Chimaev at 205. I mean, Pereira's big for a light heavyweight even. Yeah, he's a heavyweight. Chimaev's big for 185, not big for 205. It's yeah. a great matchup. I want to see it at 185. Definitely. Assuming Prayer can cut back to that again if he wants to. Oh, he can, and he just can't do it in a month. Yeah. But, man, that'd be a great matchup. I'll, I'll see Chimaya fight literally anybody. Until he loses. any weight class. For sure, until he loses. If he, <laughs> if he loses. If he loses. Everybody loses eventually. Um, also on that fight night card, Brian Barbarena and RDA, who probably has... The best resume of any fighter ever. He only fights the best of the best. Never going to say no. He'll fight you anywhere, any place. Again, another guy that's probably on his last two, three fights. So, a lot of legends going out of the sport this year. Usually not on great terms. Paving the way for the young guys. Which there's plenty of. Like Sugar Sean O'Malley. That should be uh, hopefully maybe summertime. I don't know. Against uh, Sterling? Uh, if well, that's the fight that they actually go with. If Cejudo is deciding to come out of it's retirement. Big if. big if. I think he needs it. Unfortunately, I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan and Sean O'Malley on, on Joe Rogan's podcast. I'd have to agree with Sean. I don't think Henry and Cejudo is a main event. I think it's a co-main. At Al best. Joe and Cejudo? Yeah. Um, I would agree. Actually, yeah. Um, I don't think Cejudo... Cejudo isn't good at selling fights. Amazing at the sport. Super talented, but he's not popular. And he also had probably the biggest fumbling of the bag ever. When he was champ, retired, because he thought Dana would come begging for him to come back and pay him. And Dana said, all right, I'm good. And Cejudo's been trying to work his way back in since then. So, so yeah, I think he comes back. And if I think Aljo would take the fight, I think that would play to Aljo's strengths, fighting a wrestler. I think that would really be a testament to him. So I think that's why he would take it. Um, fighting a world-class wrestler, you know, Olympic gold medalist. I think Aljo would see that as a competition and a way to prove himself even more because he still has a lot of haters out there. So what better way to prove yourself even more than beating a world-class grappler? But no denying that if he fought O'Malley instead, that's absolutely a headline fight. Oh, one of, that could be the only fight on the card, and I'd pay 100 bucks. And would be maybe, besides Connor and Khabib, the biggest pay-per-view ever. Could be. That's one I would actually pay for, which, of course, Dana, I'd pay for all of them. Yeah, silly goose. Um, with that, a couple real quick baseball notes. Um, Bryce Harper. 
underwent Tommy John surgery. He'll be out until at least the All-Star break. And when he comes back, he'll probably just DH. So it's rare to see a position guy get get uh, Tommy John. But hopefully he takes the whole winter off, spring off, rehabs it well, and comes back to playing MVP-level baseball. Yeah. Other than that, the rich get richer. Houston Astros sign first baseman Jose Abreu, who's one of Huge the most pickup. consistent sluggers in the game. Again, kind of... What a great first baseman. Yeah, I want to say underrated, but again, kind of like SGA, just unknown. Playing yeah. in Chicago for kind of a bad team. Um, yeah, great pickup there. Uh, repeat next year. Don't see why Judge not. Judge is still in the market. Yeah, no, no deals there yet. Where do you think he goes? I'm going to say he stays in New York. If his first stops were elsewhere, I don't think they offered him enough. I don't think he would entertain other teams if they offered him what he wanted. Well, he's going to listen to every offer out there. Try to maximize his money. I don't think New York offers more than they could pay. Maybe the Giants are real. They said they won't get outbid. Maybe they go uh, all in. They could pay for anybody else. And you still have Stanton. You still got good sluggers. You don't have 65 homers, but... Again, for the Yankees, I don't think it's a bad thing. No, I think... Move that money elsewhere. I, you can't replace Judge, but you can get... Exactly. Three quality players for the same price. Exactly. And you're not tied up in a 10-year deal. Exactly. Now, with that, USA, baby. USA. USA. We're talking World Cup. We're moving on. Moving on to the Sweet 16. Beat Iran today 1-0 to nothing after drawing with Wales and England. USA. I think we play the Netherlands. Oh, we got that. The easy dub. Easy dub. Where even is the Netherlands? They Point have like, it, what, 30 people there? Pointed out on the map. Are they all on the team? <laughs> Probably. Come on, bro. Pointed out on the map. I'm going uh, to steal our little slogan here. USA to the moon. We won the World Cup. We're playing the, the Solar System Cup next, baby. Exactly. We want Mars, bitches. <laughs> Let's talk some sleepers real quick here. QBs. Well, first, I lost last week. Because you suck balls. I, I had a good week. You had a better one. 92.8 to 73.96. If I lose this week, that's going to put a bow on the whole season. And then we're going to do a little special draft next week. If I lose. If he loses, we're going to do a special draft. So we're starting off with the MVP, Mike White, at quarterback. I'm starting off with the true MVP. Making a season debut for my Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson. Nah, I think he uh, handles the pressure being in Houston. I first think start so. after a great win over Tampa. Locker room maybe a little hesitant to uh, have that transition come over. We'll see, but I think he's going to play great football. Let's not forget, before the suspension, he's a top five quarterback in the league. Yes, he was. Arm talent, leg talent. Great roster behind him now. I really hope he's still got the legs. I think that would elevate Cleveland to the next level. I mean, we're already top five in points per game, which, say that again. The Cleveland Browns, top five in points per game. Run defense, 32nd. Who would have guessed? Do you think it affects Nick's, Nick Chubb's carries, or specifically red zone carries at all? Uh, no, I think it elevates Nick Chubb to a new level. Running some RPOs, a lot more option plays. Exactly. I know Stefanski's got to be 
thrilled at the play call he's you can go with now. Yeah. He's itching. And hopefully he doesn't mess up. RB1, a guy I never thought I'd write down in sleepers of the week, but I'm going with my guy, Zeke Elliott. Oh, he should get, what, four carries? Hey, he looked great on Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving. Yeah, well. Everybody looks great on Thanksgiving. He's healthy now. Again, it depends on how they do the carries, but even with 15, he still gets the red zone carries. Still gets the goal line carries. 15 carries, 20 yards, two red zone fumbles. We're not talking about Melvin Gordon here. Uh, Might as well. RB1, who do you got? Good. Damian Pierce? Correct. Okay. I forgot his first name there. I don't write down the whole name. I write down the first initial. Unless it's an easy name with like four letters. Kind of like Damian? Uh, that's more than four letters. Maybe six. A little too complicated for my taste. Yeah, playing the aforementioned terrible rush defense. Of the Cleveland Browns. Only question is maybe they get down early, don't run as much. Oh, uh, they'll still run. As they should. Um, Davis Mills hasn't played. They benched him, so throwing the ball isn't an option anymore. RB2, Jeff Wilson Jr. Jeffy Jr. Problem is he's playing uh, a pretty decent defense in San Fran. I think you get a couple red zone carries there. I think uh, like um, Mostert, I think, had a couple weeks ago, or maybe that was somebody else. He had like two touchdowns, but five yards. Um, I think that's really what you can ask for here. Give me a Jamal Williams type game. Yeah, exactly. Ten carries, two touchdowns. I'll take it. I got David Montgomery. Um, Has no competition at running back anymore there. Even more so if Fields doesn't play this week again. Exactly. So, David Montgomery. Wide out one, we're going Tyler Boyd. Because originally I had DeAndre Hopkins written down. Turns out he's on bye. So Allegedly. Out. Allegedly. Uh, I got Chris Godwin, who has been no less than 12 points per game since coming back. Consistent. But still falls in our below wide out 24 and I need to seal the deal here so we can have a fun draft next week. That's why I'm going with Christian Watson. Touchdown machine. And now with Jordan Love back there, I don't want to say he's better than Aaron Rodgers, but like Cam mentioned earlier, 12 years ago to the day, Rodgers came in for Favre. After that, Love comes in for Rodgers. Whole new era in Green Bay. Kind of makes sense. My wide receiver too, the long ball, Mac Hollins. I like it. I think he'll like see it. the end zone at least once. Except when they give the ball to Josh Jacobs 45 times. Uh, he still sees the end zone. Two catches, 112 yards, two touchdowns. Give or take. Maybe three touchdowns. Tight end, my boy Dalton Schultz in Dallas. Poop stain. <laughs> Jesus, man. Caught two scores on Thanksgiving. Textbook safety blanket. First time he's caught two scores in his career? Um, Maybe not his career. Probably this year for his sure. Career. He's healthy again. Offense is moving on all cylinders. Give me Dalton Schultz. I got Mike White's favorite target here at my tight end. Mr. Tyler Conklin. I wanted the take, but you beat me to it. He's going for three touchdowns again, tying his season high. Wouldn't shock me. Easy money. Vikings defense sucks. Flex-wise, I got Darius Slayton. Okay. Against that commander's defense? Yeah. I think Danny Jones gets sacked 25 times. Oh, that's a little bit steep. Every drop back. Chase Young's in there. A little bit steep. Slayton's their best option. Their only option. Pretty much their only option. Other than Barkley. Not a great number one, but he's all right. A number one nonetheless. 
least for now. Buddy, I, I need you big time. My flex. Who's just kind of here for fun? Because uh, pretty much after Watson, Pierce, and Godwin, I pretty much locked in this week's win. Um, Adam Thielen. Against that great Jets defense. Um, well, Justin Jefferson's going to get locked down. Kirk Thuggins has to throw the ball to somebody. It's not going to be Dalvin Cook. Well, the Jets' other rookie corner's very, very good, too. It's okay. He's no Sauce Gardner, but... He's all right. I think he's, he's good enough to lock down Adam Average. Thielen. Above average. Average. Yeah, we'll see. Again, do we have a, the punishment decided? No. If I were to lose this week? We need to uh, lock that in. We'll put the poll out next week. So this is your last opportunity to get ideas in. I've all but accepted, even if I win this week, a lot of ground to make up still. Yeah. So we'll see. Let us know your guys' suggestions. We have currently the Taze, the Polar Plunge, and there's a couple more things out there. One was dressed like a woman for a day, like wear a dress or something. Yeah, it's not near as fun. Kind of is. You go to the mall, you got to dress like a woman. The mall? Who goes to the mall? Everyone. It's 2022, It's the holiday season, bro. This is true. There's no better time to go to the mall. This is true. I've heard maybe like the the One Chip Challenge. Something like that. Ooh, I like that. Which for me would be terrible because I'm not a I fan think it's of the terrible for everyone. The hot stuff, but me specifically. Well, yeah, you specifically. Barbecue I sauce might spices you up a little bit. Go to the hospital. Eh, it's a possibility. Okay, just keep a gallon of milk on your side. Dangerous. Maybe chocolate go milk. Hot chip and 24 waffles. <laughs> not a good combination. You'd scarf down those waffles with a smile on your face. Without a doubt. Next morning though might be pretty unpleasant. Close, but no cigar. Guess I'll take it away. The North Carolina Tar Heels losing in four overtimes. Four of them. To Alabama. Four overtimes. That's got to be demoralizing. Four overtimes. To lose any game is rough. But four overtimes? To lose an OT, pretty rough. But in four. Two OTs, pretty tough. Three Three OTs. OTs. But four? Four. How are you going to lose that game? I mean, they were close. But no cigar. Bums of the week. Um, Firstly... Last week was a clear unanimous winner, right? Zach Wilson. Probably bum of the year. And uh, we didn't nominate ourselves for the audio mishap last week, which we should have. Ourselves or me specifically? Uh, You specifically. I'll take full responsibility for that. We didn't nominate Austin for losing to me in both fantasy leagues this week. I could be. Actually, you know what? Uh, Najee Harris, bum of the week. (laughs) That dude, I was four points down in like the second, not even the second half yet, and he comes out of the game, can't beat me really a not a good week, period. It was like, what, 86 to 82? Yeah. Rough. The other league beats you by like 100. Substantial amount. Yeah. So. So, bums. I've got, first is the Broncos as a whole. I can't even just say Russ because the whole sucking. team's in shambles. Kind of sucking. Probably that's the actual bum of the year. I don't think there's anything left to say on the Denver Broncos. My first bum, Jeff Saturday. You got to call timeouts. Have faith in your team. They can move the ball down the field. I believe in them. You need to start. Well, he didn't want to waste his last time out, though, right? Oh, wait, no, he had three. Yeah. Didn't call any of them. Not a single one. But those carry over to next week, though, right? Yeah, he'll have six. Oh, wait, no, they don't They do not do that. For the first half. After a great Matty Ice scramble with, like, what, a minute 30? I'm like, oh, they got plenty of time to go down there and score. Yeah, they got time to call a timeout. And then 45 seconds go by. They hand the ball off. Another 30 seconds go by. Not great game Game's management over. there. 
And second bum of the week, Coach Ryan Day. Poop stain Ryan Day. And really just Buckeye Nation as a whole. No, 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 no. Just Ryan Day. He's the only reason you guys lost. You got outcoached. And the D.C. too. I mean, making no adjustments. Jim Knowles, come on, man. He's been great all year. You're getting burned on deep balls pretty much every play. Come on, man. Bum of the week. Ryan Day. Could be bum of the year. There's one college football game that matters to you. Because you know I'd, Ohio State's I'd rather never going to see a Michigan natty again. than win the natty. It makes sense. But maybe we get a second chance in the playoffs. Oh, you, it doesn't matter. Kind of matters. That doesn't would uh, that would help cover up the scar. Doesn't matter. If we beat them in the national championship, won't happen. If they lose, I might kill myself. But if Man. they win, oh, if they win. Oh, Michigan beating Ohio State in the national championship. I can't even would entertain that as a possibility. Ryan Day losing his job and Immediately. probably being crucified in Columbus. Um, he'd have to go overseas somewhere and, and go into hiding. Yeah. My last bum of the week, the New Orleans Saints. How do you get shut out? Well, they play the best defense in football. I don't care. You don't get shut out. That doesn't happen. Not even a field goal. You're trying to tell me you didn't get to the 40-yard line to even get a chance at a field goal? You get completely shut out? Not ideal. It doesn't happen. It happened, though. That's why they're bums of the week. Exactly. Um, as usual, poll every day up until, what, Sunday? Yeah. So vote on those. I think I know the winner, especially given our fan base and our location. Your. It'd be uh, Mr. Ryan Day. Allegedly. As always, shout-outs to the Ohio Cigar Mafia and their continued great work. Eric Corcoran, keep on recovering, man. Good to hear you're um, on the right track. Tip Top Smoke Emporium, Stogie Smoke Stop, The Wharf, our local shops here. Cigaro. Cigaro, my God. We're definitely going back there probably next next month. For being amazing. For their uh, Christmas event. Maybe uh, come back with some gifts, some of their house blends to give out. Definitely. Because they are, uh, we've touched on it so many times, that I, I can't, I don't want to go any further. Incredible. Cam, take us out. Well... Great show. Having a lot of fun doing this still. Audio's good this time. Audio's good. And thank you, all the supporters. Um, again, if you guys are into pop culture, our boy Doug, Dickin' with Doug podcast, Pop Burnout Culture Media News. Burnout Media Co. Burnout Media Co. Great show. Great dude. Great dude. And you know what we say. Sports and stogies. To the moon. Cameron also signing off of SNS episode 13. Thanks, guys. See ya.